Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and I have with me Derek Gallimore. Derek is a vocal advocate of offshore staffing and its tremendous benefits. On today's episode, we'll discuss the main challenges and prerequisites of outsourcing. Also with that, Derek is also going to share some insider tips on hiring outsourced companies the right way. Before we jump into the conversation, I'd like to segue a little and talk to my listeners. If you're a big fan of digital marketing like me, you need an expert to leverage it for you. At Chainbroker Consulting, we provide a full spectrum of digital marketing services, including content marketing, SEO, online PR, and influencer marketing. If you need help with any of these strategies, reach out to our team. For more detailed information, head over to my website, shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com. And now let's get back to the conversation with Derek. What do you think, and we talk about outsourcing, I mean, who do you think outsourcing is best for when it comes to businesses? I mean, is there any businesses that it's, I mean, I, my instant opinion is like, I feel like it's great for everybody, but do you have like, is there any kind of companies that outsourcing is best suited for? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It's it's 99% of businesses across 99% of sectors. And generally, you know, even if you're a plumber, even if you are garden or landscaper, you know, you're like, how do we outsource any jobs? We need physical presence. That is true. But in those uh, industries, for example, you can still get all of your sales, your marketing, your customer support, uh, um, you know, logistics, uh, all of the back-end accounting. Basically now, almost every job in almost any business can be offshored. Uh, and, you know, Basically, an easy way to think about it is if you are doing your work in front of a computer, uh, then that can be done from any location around the world. Uh, you know, if, if you're a plumber or a builder, you've got to go on site and do that. But then separate out those tasks that aren't on site and then look at exploring those tasks specifically for offshore locations. Yeah, it's funny. So I, I do a lot of work for a lot of consulting um, for the Small Business Administration for because of the with COVID and everything. I jumped on with them to to help out and help businesses. I kind of felt like I had a kind of a civic duty to to help out if I have knowledge that I can help businesses maybe pivot or do another revenue stream. And it's funny when I talk to businesses, the first thing that I talk about is automating or outsourcing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what can you do? Like, let's take a look at your list, make your list of the 10, 20, 30, a thousand things you do on a daily basis. And what can you outsource or automate? Right. And like, obviously me doing this podcast interview, I'm not going to be able to outsource this because I have to be here, but that doesn't mean the communication and everything else that happened up until this point is an outsource because it is. Um, and that's what I think the value of it is, is like, you know, you, Think about this stuff and also the stuff that you enjoy doing. If you enjoy doing your accounting, great. And that's, you want to have a glass of wine and do your accounting? Awesome. Then I want to take that away from you. If you go, oh my God, I hate accounting. I haven't invoiced anybody in two months. That can be outsourced. There's somebody out there that's going to love doing accounting work that does accounting work and everything can be outsourced. And so that's what I always tell people is like, you know, if you need more time, if you're looking to scale your business, that's how you're going to be able to do it. We talk, we have about 500 inbound inquiries a month, uh, and we talk to a lot of businesses and, you know, they're, they, they've kind of heard of this outsourcing thing, but they're not sure how it works. And I just sort of try and bring it back a little bit. And, and generally, I say, look, outsourcing, think of it really just as employment. It's no different uh, employment in the US or wherever you're sitting. Um, and the way you build efficient processes, efficient structures building departments, building responsibilities, OKRs, KPIs, all of these things, uh, and making your business more efficient, all of that still applies. 
And then also, you know, whether you get junior people in, whether you get senior people in, whether you get um, execs in, part-timers, uh, students, interns, all of that can still apply offshore. Uh, so it's really just the only the only differentiator is that they're sitting in a different location. Uh, and because of that different location, there's some, you know, different communication and cultural things to be aware of. But otherwise, the, the basic premise is really just, you know, how do you build your business efficiently? How do you scale your business? Um, and a lot of these things apply across the board. Yeah, agreed. So what would you say, I mean, obviously, since you guys have that many inquiries and that many people coming and you've been doing this for so long, um, what are some of the biggest challenges that companies face when, when they're outsourcing their work? Yeah, look, there is, I won't beat around the bush. So many people are so, so disappointed by offshore staffing. And, you know, there's that common trope, again, that people, um, you know, the phoned call centers and they get a strange accent and they were useless, you know, and so there's a, there's a big hangover and a real negative kind of pretense about offshore staffing. And, you know, Tim Ferriss has done a great job as well of popularizing VAs. Um, and again, this is all just, it's almost like, you know, in the US, you have Wall Street. What you associate with Wall Street is very different to, you know, the college student that's looking for a part-time job in the pub. And, if you're looking for a part-time student working in a pub, um, they're not so reliable. Um, they're not so qualified. You know, they're not so great. Um, they can be, uh, but you know, and and it's about just coaching people to set expectations properly. Also, people come to the Philippines, and you know, saving seventy percent is not good enough. Why not save ninety percent? Why do we pay people five dollars now when we can possibly pay? two dollars now why don't we try and push it down to a dollar fifty you know i i sort of try and take people back and say look um there's a, there's a lot of people in the philippines um and education levels are not the same as the u.s um you know just general capabilities are not the same as the u.s so you need to sort of aim middle or above of uh, education standards, capability standards, experience standards, you will still save 70% and be comfortable with that. Don't push for the extremes because then, you know, I can get you illiterate farmers uh, for a dollar a day, but that is no good, you know. Um, so get great people on board, uh, use professional services, uh, and you will get incredible experience, um, very reliable, very scalable people that can turn into teams and do incredible work. Yeah, I always tell people you get what you pay for, you know, and that's the thing for me is like, you know, it, it, you, you know, if you want to keep getting people for less and less and less money, then they start to feel unappreciative too. And that's just not a good way to, you know, once can, just because you can, you can get a discount doesn't mean you need to keep drilling them lower and lower and lower, because that's just not the right way. You know, it's great that you can get the discount because of being in different, you know, global situations, but that doesn't mean that you should try to get them down to the, the bottom dollar, right? I mean, that doesn't, because they have their families too, and that's important to better understand that. So I, I love that. So what would, I'm trying to think about for companies, I mean, what can a company do to ensure that they're hiring, or they're hiring, I guess, probably the right outsourced company, right? Because I know that's kind of one of the big things too, is like, how do I know that this is the right company to work with? Obviously, you guys have a lot on your website, they can go check out, but what what is your what would you say there? Yeah, absolutely. So so we list uh, about seven hundred and fifty 
Philippine outsourcing suppliers on our website. Um, collectively, the industry employs about 1.5 million people, professionals. Uh, you know, this is like people that go into an office in a, in a sort of glass tower, um, super professional caliber people. There are about three and a half million uh, freelancers, uh, VAs and stuff that, that work from home as well. So this is a big, big industry and it's the single biggest industry in the Philippines. It contributes collectively uh, almost 15% of the GDP. Um, there are there is everything you know from the from the blue chip high caliber provider uh, right down to the home based moms and VAs. Uh, so it's really you know whatever you need for your organization, you can come to our site. You can get three free quotes, uh, and we can help you navigate the industry, of course. But the best solution is really just to. Um, you know, be, be honest about what you need. If you're a startup, you know, if you're really tight on cash, then maybe a home-based VA is right for you. But if you're, if you're sort of more mid-market, you're a proper business, you need good, reliable professionals that can scale, uh, then really a mid-market provider is, is right for you. And these businesses have, you know, when you engage with these businesses, uh, they have you know, combined 25 years of executive experience. Uh, the Philippines now has 25 years of process improvement experience. Um, this is an incredibly sophisticated industry. And by choosing the right supplier, um, then you can tap into all of that sort of process optimization and executive talent just by hiring one staff with them. Um, so look around. The best thing you can do as well is reach out and have a phone call with a few of them and you will learn incredible amounts, you know, and hopefully if they're good uh, business development reps or people, um, they will give you a lot of insights into your business and how you can scale your business and how you can best build a team. So reach out, have some conversations. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. 15% of their GDP. I did not know that. That's incredible. It's huge. It's huge. The whole, it's almost like oil for, you know, United Arab Emirates. It's, this is the industry powering the economy. Uh, and there's, it, it's an incredibly sophisticated industry uh, and an incredibly sophisticated, you know, most I'm sitting in a 51 story building. There's incredible sophistication uh, in the Philippines. Um, there are many, many staff, people, in the Philippines that are Harvard graduates, Stanford graduates, uh, and then also the Philippines has its own Ivy League colleges as well. Um, so whatever you want is all here. Uh, it's not just you know the basic kind of functions. Love that. So what I want to talk about a little bit is, is and I think, so this will kind of bring it home to some people that are listening like, hey, I'm really excited about this. I think there's an opportunity here. What are some some of the big companies out there that have that have leveraged, obviously outsourced um, some of their whether it be staffing anything, what that may be? Um, what are some big companies that you know of that have that have, that have done that the correct way? Yeah, sure. So look, this is this is where I come in. Um, you've got the top end of the market, the Fortune five hundred. Every single one of them offshore, every single one of them, maybe you know ninety nine percent penetration. They have been doing it for 30 years and the rich get richer and the big get bigger. And it's because they have access to these tools. 
20 years ago, these tools were not available to small and medium-sized businesses. And the reason for that is because of the technology, the infrastructure. You know, if you wanted to set up here, you would need to build, develop your own, bring the servers over, the hardware, you know, and it wouldn't make sense for less than a team of 500 staff. All of the Fortune 500 have been outsourcing for 25 years. Only in the last 10 or 15 years, you know, and with Tim Ferriss, you get the early adopters of outsourcing in the smaller part of the market. And that is, you know, the podcasters and the solopreneurs and the entrepreneurs, they have really embraced the whole VA thing, the Tim Ferriss model, um, and they are big adopters. But then you've got the middle market, which is, you know, US businesses, for example, that have between 50 and 500 or 1,000 staff. Um, and very few of those businesses are outsourcing, maybe 0.5% of those businesses. And we did a study, um, and you know, there are about 60 million of those businesses across the high-cost English-speaking world, 0.5 of them outsource, and 0.5% of them outsource, compared to 99% of the Fortune 500 and that is all going to change over the next 20 years. So who outsources? You know, everyone. We have over here, we have Google, we have Facebook, we have Amex, we have Citigroup. Um, any any major logo you know uh, is sitting here with me in Manila. So, you know, um, 20 years ago, it was untouchable. It was inaccessible to small and medium-sized businesses. But now, again, with technology, with globalization, it is available. And it's just really getting... Um, the word out there, making people aware of this and then getting them over that sort of fear, the sort of the, the sort of uncertainty and fear of taking this first step. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. It's crazy. I didn't really understand that. I love the facts. You get all the facts behind that. That's pretty crazy. I mean, I knew all the big companies obviously were, were in the Philippines, definitely outsourcing, but it's crazy the, the, that opportunity. It's probably obviously why you started the company, right? It's like seeing that opportunity of these businesses that aren't taking advantage of it. I mean, 0.05% is, I mean, just ridiculous. I mean, that just shows the opportunity in the future. Do sure. you know, obviously I, you know, I think conservatively, there's there's 60 million jobs that are going to be offshored in, in the next 20 years, 60 million, which is worth about 600 billion. Uh, and, you know, they're not going to come to the all come to the Philippines. I, I hope that a lot of them will. But there's obviously Eastern Europe, there's India, and we're going to get a leveling. We're going to get a globalized workforce happening over the next uh, 10, 20 years. Thanks, Derek. That was a great conversation. I'm sure my listeners are now familiar with the roadblocks they can face with outsourcing jobs. For our listeners, thanks for being a part of the conversation. However, Derek has a lot more things to share with you. On the next episode, he's going to talk about the impact of automation on outsourcing. So stay tuned to the Marketing Growth Podcast.